0: what's up what's up I. Tr- up <laughs> uh, what's up hey what's up uh this is a podcast called everything's relative i'm eve sturgis i do the hosting i try to be creative with my intros and my outros sometimes i get a little desperate sorry about that thanks for hanging in there Um, I want to talk about the way that people experience DNA discoveries, which is to say that I want to talk with people who get the most shocking of all the kinds of surprises uh, when they find out that one or more of their biological parent is not their parent at all. If you think about it, the truth of misattributed parentage has existed since the beginning of time, but now we're facing this interesting moment in history because DNA testing is widely available and uh as everybody probably knows it's advertised as a recreational uh activity and shit is hitting the fan. This podcast is all about that shit. The shit that hits the fan. Um whatever you're doing right now, can you do me a favor? Text a friend about this podcast. Send them a link. Uh if you don't have any friends, uh go over and give me a quick star rating on whatever listening platform you're using. Um, And by the way, everyone who has taken the time to do this so far, thank you so much. It is really, really important for podcasts to stay alive with ratings and reviews. Um, If you think that someone else is doing it so you don't have to, uh, don't think that. Don't be that guy. Just go over and throw me some stars or a sentence as simple as, I listen to this podcast. Super easy. Easy peasy, as the kids say. Anyway, back to this week. I am unsure about when I knew that BK Jackson and I were kindred spirits, um, and spending time with her for this episode really confirmed it for me. We connected truly for the first time in 2020 when I spoke with her on the phone for my emergency episode called Emergency Episode Dr. Laura is the Worst. Um, and since then, we have we crossed paths again and again in the NPE world through different um, avenues. And I use her magazine, Severance Magazine. I love reading it. Uh, I use it when I'm working as a therapist to people who have had DNA discoveries. And I have it listed on my website as a DNA resource. So, of course, it made sense for us to get together. I don't know why it took so long for us to get scheduled for a podcast. And unsurprisingly, it was a wonderful time. BK's story touched me in so many different ways. Uh, she speaks of everything with, I love the way she talks. Um, she speaks of everything with this, like, practicality. And, but underneath, she's revealing such touching vulnerabilities. And it really left me thinking about her family and the secrets people, especially women, uh, keep for a really long time, keep for their whole lives. Um, give it a listen and let me know what you think. So you're here with me today. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I was thinking back and I actually, I'm, I, I assumed or am assuming that you, you know, uh, qualify or classify yourself as a, as an NPE. And I actually Mm -hmm. don't know if that's true. Is that your, yeah, that's sort of, I mean, I
1: am, I am, there isn't exactly a word for what I am, but Mm -hmm. part of it is, is definitely that I'm an NPE. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bigger than that I guess and sort of quasi-adoptee but not really. I don't like to use that label because it's taking on something that's not quite. But I've never known either of my genetic parents, so whatever that makes me, I don't know.
0: Mhm. Okay. And and when did you did you always know that that you didn't know who your genetic no, parents I, were?
1: No. I knew I I learned about 6 years ago that my that the man who raised me was not my father. I have always never known my mother. Um she left when I was nine months old, oh. and so I'm, I, I know very well. You know, having a mystery parent isn't anything new to me. Um, it's just new circumstances. Um, I never knew what happened to her. She left and sort of, you know, uh, that was it. Uh-huh. Um, so uh-huh. I never knew what became of her um, until maybe 12 or 13 years ago. Um, that whole time, no idea. Didn't wow. know she was alive, didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was looking for something else completely different on the social security debt it was a complete accident my husband um, was talking about someone we knew a million years ago and he said I think she died and I said well I can find that out I just got to go to the death index and when I got there and she she had in fact died um, and and it was weird because I ran downstairs shortly after screaming you know gaily I found him I found him and it was kind of (laughs) <laughs> an un- unseemly thing to say you know right right instead but I discovered my mother in the in the social security death index and realized that she had died um just a few years before that. And of course as soon as I saw that with shaking hands, I went googling and I found an obituary um and it was under a paywall and I couldn't get my credit card out of the wallet ah! my hands were shaking so much yeah and, oh my gosh. but I finally did and when I did it said that she was survived by six children. And I was stunned because in of all the things that I imagined, I never imagined that at once. Whoa. Never occurred to me. Um, I have an older brother. um, When, when, this is really hard to condense this story, but when my mother was 17, she had an affair with a married man, had a son, my older brother. When she met my dad about a year and a half later, um, you know, he, he took my brother in. And she left all of us. So she left this child mm. that she had actually sort of raised and she left me who was sort of a blob of nothing at that point. Mm. <laughs> and they, um, she took us, She, when I was six months old, she took us away. She took us to Florida and said, whatever the uh, early equivalent of I need spaces. And she three months later called my dad and said, come and get him. I can't, I can't do this. And mm. so he did. And then he filed for divorce. And Few months later, she came. She was in Florida. We were in Philadelphia. She came up. I guess she had to sign the divorce papers, and they ended up getting back together briefly, very briefly. And sometime later, she called him and said she was pregnant and she wanted to put the baby up for adoption and would he sign the papers? So he was, you know, kind of poor and he's raising these two kids and by himself, and he couldn't take on anymore. And Mm -hmm. you know, he figured it was probably his kid, and he signed the papers apparently. And so. So I grew up knowing that I didn't know my mother and I and at some point, much later, I knew there was this child out there. And so I searched and searched and searched, but this was pre-internet and there was right. not a whole lot I could do. So until I found this obituary about my mother, that was all I knew. And then suddenly
0: there were all these kids, brothers and sisters. Um so it's a little crazy. So were you and your older brother included in that six? Oh no. Right, because yeah, they no, no, no. we were about you, right we were we were skeletons in the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They had a couple hints along the way, but but they didn't know about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh I did that thing that I guess a lot of us do when I found this information was, should I, shouldn't I mm-hmm. you know, do, do I have a right to upset them? You know, is this something I could do? And it took I don't know not much time before I decided I did, but I couldn't find much about them. They were all really kind of under the radar. And I hmm. finally found an email address for the oldest of them. Um, and I chose wisely, as it turns out. Um, and I sent an email and I didn't get an answer. And I thought, that's it. She didn't want anything to do with me. You know, you know the, mm-hmm. the whole rejection spiel <laughs> <streak laughs> that we do. You know? And uh, and then, I don't know, I thought a couple of days went by and I thought, well, you know, email addresses, it's a, they don't always land and it could be a wrong address. So I put together this whole package. of pictures, I had some pictures of my mother from when she was young. And I wrote a new letter and I, you know, I sent them and I said, I won't bother you if you don't respond. And, and, uh, we live in the woods in the middle of nowhere and, and we have to sometimes do errands that take us through three States and take all day. Sure. So on the, <laughs> on the day that I knew that was good, that she was going to get this FedEx package that I sent, we were doing that and I came home and immediately checked, the email. know, there was nothing. And I thought, that's it. And
0: uh-huh. it's the end of the story. Uh-huh. And then like
1: two seconds later, I hear ding and it was her. Mm. And She, she's, her message was so funny because it was started out, she said um, something like, I hope you're not scamming me because I'm still very raw about my mother's death. But if you're not, are there any more of you? And I don't yeah. know you. <laughs> <Yeah. them? laughs>
0: this is a scam, <laughs> I'm really mad, but if it's not, I'm really yes. interested. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, mm-hmm.
1: the, it was the warmest thing and she and mm-hmm. they're all like that. But she she and I are the most connected, but we, we were both really bashful. And for, I, I couldn't imagine doing this now, but for three months, we just emailed, we never called, we never spoke. We just kind of furiously, you know, it's kind of like a romance. You're doing that thing, yeah. Where, you know, you're trying to find out about each other, and then she sent a message one day, and she said, "If it's not too soon, I'd like to come and visit you." Like, no, it's not too soon at all. <laughs> and she flew up, and uh, and it was great. And she it was, it was in Florida. Like, she's in
0: Florida. They had grown up in Florida. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I had sort of known that that was probably where my mother was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, most of them, most of my brothers and sisters, lived down there, and shortly after while we were still in the emailing stages before we met she sent me a message and she said um i've invited all my sisters uh, t- i'm going to treat them to a cruise and now that you're a sister i'm inviting you mm. so that september i went down to florida and we went on a cruise just the two or two three sisters one has since died so mm. um and after that i met most of the others at a barbecue one of them through and they're great. I mean, they've just been like tenderhearted, warm, open, incredibly loving people. And of course I upset their apple carts by kind of letting them know that their mother wasn't the person
0: mm-hmm. that they
1: thought she was, especially my older sister. She was very, very close to my mother. And it was really hard for her to know that such a big secret had been kept. Yeah.
0: On. Wow. Um, hmm.
1: and, and what's worse than that is when, well, well, we, we would start to get together every year for um, family reunions. The first year I invited all of them and their sisters, we found a cabin in the mountains in North Carolina and we'd gather. And, and it was it was great. My older brother even, which who I'd been out of touch with for some time, we got him there. Um, and of course, we'd talk about my mother and how bizarre she was and mm-hmm. speculate about all her behaviors. And one of my sisters-in-law would, would bring up the fact that the six of them don't look much alike. And I don't think that's terribly unusual. I mean, a lot of people don't. I look right. like one or one or two of them, maybe. Um, so I didn't think much of it. And but every time we got together, she'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 she and her husband and her daughter came up for Christmas one year, um, six years ago, and she brought it up again. And this time, I just could not get it out of my head. And I kept thinking about it. I thought, nah, nah this is not possible. And I asked my husband, Do I look like my dad? Which I knew I didn't. No. Nah. Are you like him? He was laughing at me like I couldn't possibly be more different from my dad. Mm -hmm. So my dad had previously offered to do a DNA test to help find that sister that had been given up for adoption. So I thought, why not? I'll ask him. He's Mm. 90 years old at that point. We did the test. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. You know, there's no way he's not my father. But some weird part of me was excited and kind of hoped he wasn't. And I know that sounds very strange. um, And I can't explain it. And that was kind of like a devil angel thing. And it's like, he is, he is enough. And when the results came in, you know, he's, um, his first cousin is the first person on his list and I'm not there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he is, I had already done a year ago, I had done a DNA test. I had already done it and foolishly I hadn't looked at it very carefully, but so he is a hundred percent, um, European Jewish Ashkenazi and, mm-hmm. I'm zero zero, zero percent. I am in fact, Italian and Sicilian. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went back to my results, and and the reason I didn't think much about it was that my cousin, the one who was second on his match list, had once told me that his family were Sephardic Jews, not Ashkenazi Jews, and so I thought Italian Sephardic—that's that makes sense. Did I mention that the one of the sisters? Oh, jeez. Um, the the one who started all that was his sister-in-law, and her theory was that a whole bunch of the other kids were not um didn't have the same fathers um the sister that I very first got in touch with um, mm-hmm. as it turns out when I discovered this I also discovered that her father wasn't who she thought it would be
0: no who she thought
1: he was yeah
0: no but I wondered was- if that's where you were going with the story yeah. originally yeah. I was watching it today and I and uh when you said sadly.
1: Yeah. Sadly, when you said one
0: sister kept saying that none of us looked alike, I was like, uh, uh. yeah. yeah." I mean, it wasn't the one who started it and she, she
1: could not have even begun to suspect that. I don't think it ever crossed her mind. Even when she knew I was suddenly going, Hmm, I wonder about my dad. I'm sure she wasn't wondering about her dad. right? And that was, it was, well, it's terrible for a number of reasons, but one is, one is that when I sort of showed up in her life, um, in a way I took her mother away from her because I made her realize that her mother wasn't quite the person that she thought she was that she Mm. had this whole secret life and that Mm -hmm. was really difficult for her they were very close um and it was hard to confront that for her and so then after you know getting through that now I was suddenly turning around and saying hey guess what on top of that your dad's not your dad
0: oh my god Um,
1: but she's a Mm -hmm. much more even-tempered person than I am and she she took it quite well and she wasn't really freaked out by it at all Um, wow and and you know, maybe she came to expect surprises after all that we'd kind of gone through. So, yeah, that was hard. Um, that was difficult. But I did. The least I could do was try to find her father. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it seemed like a small thing. So after all that happened, I, I started looking for, I was looking for my brother's father, the brother that I grew up with, um, and my sister's father and my own father. And uh, that was sort of a, an 18-month trip through hell um, wow yeah at that point I didn't know much about I didn't know anything actually about genetic genealogy up until mm-hmm. that point point. Mm-hmm. and um I became quite obsessive about it and I don't think for those 18 months I did much of anything else except um eat and drink more than I should have <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh I just was obsessive about it and I, I theirs were not so difficult my brother's was quite easy because I had a punch about the name and um my sisters didn't take too long but mine took the full 18 months wow i guess because i was dealing with another country whereas theirs were both pretty much american, well, american oh drivers, so oh. theirs were easier and and mine was my ancestry was um italian oh um, so i grew up thinking i was the child of um well on my mother's side english but on my father's side, I thought I was um, from descending from Russian Jews, uh, Ashkenazi. Right, Jews.
0: right, because he was one hundred percent, right? Yeah, one
1: hundred percent. And so um, I was suddenly Sicilian, <laughs> which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm, that's a left turn. <laughs> that's a that's a definite left turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of made a lot of sense. Um, and uh, once you know, once I was able to identify the man who was my biological father who had been dead for some 20 years. Um, it was no longer difficult, but had Mm -hmm. I not been able to figure that out, um, I think I would still feel quite as crazed as I did then. Right.
0: Do you, um, did you, at the time, did you feel like the obsession was because solving the mystery was interesting step-by-step or because you, you really felt, um, Uh, (laughs) a a need to find out who it was. Uh Um,
1: I have never been someone who loves puzzles. Like the current, Mm -hmm. you know, obsession with Wordle is just Uh surprised me. I just, you know, if I see another one of those things, kill me. Yep. Oh yeah. I'm just not, you know, I learned doing my ancestry that my family were big on puzzles and I'm just not, I didn't get those genes, but the puzzle of genealogy was absolutely fascinating to me, not just my own, but if I'd help pe- other people find their families, putting those pieces together was fascinating. So yeah, it was interesting. But that wasn't it It was it was a drive. To just I just couldn't imagine. that. And because, you know, as I said, I grew up without a mother. And I, I, I knew my whole life this longing to know who was my parent. And it was just mm-hmm. too much for me to have that happen again. Yeah, and, and not be able to figure it out. So I just had to know.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, I really feel for the people who
0: never are able to figure it out. I just don't know how you live with that. Have you connected at all with your paternal side of the family? Yes. Yes, I did.
1: Um, I met fairly quickly. I I discovered when I figured out who my father was that that there was a son um, Uh who has not had the least bit of interest in being in touch with me. Um, (laughs) But I discovered cousins and I wrote to them. Um, I wrote first well one of my dna matches was to my father's mother's side and i connected with them that way and they were great and accepting and wonderful and lovely and then i found cousins on the other side and um they i sent a letter and the cousin one of the cousins was like 80 years old or something and she was mm. kind of amused by it but i don't know that she would have called me but her daughter persuaded her to call me and um so they told me a little bit i still haven't learned a whole lot about him but they They were super kind. They invited me down to New Jersey to to meet them. And they sent me photographs, which was the best thing in the world because that was, you know, it's indescribable Mm -hmm. and and maybe hard for people to understand. But when you see suddenly your face and someone else's face, it's just, it's just indescribable. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was an incredible gift. And I've I've visited them all quite a few times and uh, on both sides and it's been wonderful.
0: Oh, that's really I, nice. Mean. I would
1: I still wish I knew more about my father. And I I've I've kind of let go of that mm-hmm. that longing because I know I after what I've learned about my mother by knowing her six children, um, mm-hmm. I realize that you never really did learn that much. Mm-hmm. You will never really know who that person was and why they did what they did. But just just knowing a little bit, knowing, you know, the genealogy and seeing the photos is enough.
0: You know. Mm-hmm. Is, is enough. Right. It brought some, some, some closure or fulfillment yeah. or yeah. satisfaction. Yeah.
1: Fulfillment, I think is probably the best word for it. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would
0: certainly like more, but I know that's not likely to happen. <laughs> right. Right. I wonder, I wonder if there's something, um, I mean, I, well, I was going to make a generalization about older generations and, and people feeling excited to connect with people, but with younger relatives, <laughs> I was, but but now I'm I'm realizing that sometimes. But I feel like as many people report rejections from from older people as well. So, I'm, yeah, um, that's that's true. Um, I've I've had um,
1: I really haven't had much rejection. The the brother that I mentioned, right, is a few years older than I am. Um, mm. and it, yeah, she didn't exactly reject me. I I called her. Um, she would have been my father's half sister, mm-hmm. and. She was nice enough. I spoke to her on the phone for maybe an hour and she sends me Christmas cards, but she really didn't understand my needs. She was very puzzled by my needs. Right. Couldn't quite get why I wanted to know. Which is <laughs> not uncommon. I suppose my brother feels that way too.
0: Right. It doesn't
1: have any importance to them because they
0: didn't, they're
1: didn't. they not missing anything.
0: Right. They don't get it. Yeah. They don't get it. They don't get it. Um, Lots of people don't get it. <laughs> that's so true. And how did you get from that story, from that experience,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to your project, Severance Magazine? Oh. Oh.
1: Um, because I have an enormous tendency to jump into things without thinking about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Know that feeling I don't know if that
1: yeah I was gonna say you may be, you may be familiar with the podcast but um mm-hmm. when when I, um I found out about all this for me that was I think it was in twenty fifteen and so before I had the chance to you know make all my discoveries and figure things out I was you know like everyone else blindsided and confused and didn't know where to turn and and I realized there's just not a lot of information out there for people. There there were there was one group at the time um And that was pretty much it. There were no podcasts um, that that I'm aware of. I don't believe Mm -hmm. there were any podcasts. Um, There was not a lot of anything. And I just realized there was a pretty clear need for information. And (laughs) somehow decided that I needed to be the person to jump in Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and try and fulfill that gap. Um, And at first I thought, well, maybe I'll start a blog or something. Um, And because what I do for work is start magazines, um, pretty quickly it escalated into, oh, I'll start a magazine.
0: That's so funny because that was going to be one of my questions was like, do you come <laughs> from the publishing world? Do you know yeah. about editorial? Yeah, oh, okay. It's my job. It's my okay. job. All right, all um, right.
1: Which is also what keeps me from developing it further than I'd like to right now because I do have mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a Um I hear but, you. Yeah, it just, you know, I kind of thought, okay, well, I'll just start a magazine. And, uh, and I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was a couple years later. That was a few years after. And at that time, there were still no podcasts. There was, just, there was still. No organizations or research except that one sort of infamous group mm-hmm. and um so i just thought you know it was obvious that when people initially learn about their MP experience they need both information and support and and over time there were more support groups but i thought something more was needed because support groups really are not terribly information-based which mm-hmm. is sort of, i hear you i feel you which is great and important but it's not everything um so I wanted to create Severance to be sort of a half magazine where there could be practical information and a half community with a platform for people to share their stories. Um, I know you know that in the adoption world, people always talk over adoptees or around them or for them and they don't. I mean, it's improving, but they don't often have the chance to tell their own narrative. And I think the same thing would be happening with MPEs. So I wanted a place for people to be able to do that. Um, and. I also noticed in some of the groups, um, there, were, there are people who wish to sort of be spokespersons for MPEs, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I don't think, you know, there really is no monolithic universal experience of this. We, You know, we all perceive it differently. There's no sort of guidepost that's going to work for everyone. So right. I wanted Sifrins to be a place where I could speak to experts, not just kind of chime in and say, this is my advice, my opinion, because I don't think that certain advice is useful. It's useful when it's someone like you who has a clinical, you know, I mean, Mm. um, pertinent degree, but (laughs) for others, not so much.
0: um, (laughs) Even, I mean, even so I don't like to, to, I try not to, to generalize To I just, I just, yeah, you just, there's certain things that are common and then everything else is different and you have to, you have to take them both into consideration.
1: Yeah. But you can at least bring uh, an education and a, and a experience of practice to certain situations that most people can't. And many of those people who can't do, and that's <laughs> unfortunate that I think, I don't think it serves our, our groups well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I started it. Um, I think I, as you know, because of what you do, um, stories are really important um i think they're powerful and i think telling them is powerful and listening to them is powerful and i'm, I'm sure you've experienced that i'm sure you hear it back from the people that you talk to um so that was a really important reason and the other reason was at that time it's a little different now but at that time when i started severance all the different types of MPEs were separated in their own groups you know adoptees had their groups and MPEs did and dc people and i don't think there was any place where they intersected Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring them together because I think there's really so much that we share and that maybe together we can create better awareness. Um, certainly NPS have a lot to learn from adoptees, for example. Um, and so I, I thought that was important.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. This season, uh, for me, this, this podcast season, I feel more determined than ever to bring all those pieces together. Um, yeah. And uh uh, the more i learn the more important that seems to be that everybody everybody is each piece fits into the into the puzzle or the or the wheel whatever analogy you want to use but it's really important to to know and understand each group and where each group is coming from and the differences and the similarities and it's interesting it is it is interesting and, <laughs> you know
1: because there are some differences you know but but there are a lot of similarities and i think we are not to overuse a cliche but we are stronger together mm-hmm. um, in those greater numbers, just as so many people are working for, you know, like fertility fraud, even right. though it's not their own particular issue. It just,
0: I think it helps. Right. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think it's great that you're doing like, I know you
1: interviewed um, Gabrielle Blazer. Um, mm-hmm.
0: that's, that's great. She's amazing. She's amazing. That book's amazing. Um, <laughs> American baby, right? Baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that book is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to for me, I'm trying to bring in some some people from everywhere this yeah, this particular great. season. So I'm 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 glad you are sort of feel validated by by your yeah. saying by your saying yeah. that for Severance Magazine that felt good. And I can say for me as a as an NPE, um figuring it all out a few years ago that Severance magazine is a it is a great I was just trying to think of of how to describe what it is because sure it's a website and it's a magazine, but it's kind of a hub. It's kind of this place where it's like the I don't know. It's kind of, and I mean this with like so much love and respect. It's kind of like the general store or something. <laughs> like like everybody goes there. That's nice from all the different nice. worlds, and you see people's names that you recognize. I do. I see people's names I recognize from different areas or there's like this overlap and I might know somebody I know might know one thing about somebody from one area but then they've written something or done a Q&A with you um that shed something else on them and it's and then there's all these new people like it's not always people I know. Yeah that's
1: nice it's uh um kind of what I would have hoped would happen and it goes back to another sort of purpose in in the way I started it in that and I don't want to get too deep in this but i know you know that there are certain parts of our community that aren't big on sharing that was something that was really important to me it's important to me in my private group too and in the magazine is that if there's a resource i want to hold it up you know i don't care where it comes from um but if it's going to help somebody i want to put it out there and and there are more and more people doing that now you're doing it right to know is doing it and um i think it really helps i think it helps a lot so I like yeah. being a hub.
0: That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I really think you are, and I think um, I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else, but in my mind, it's when you're listing, when people are listing or exploring or trying to, when it's when it comes to resources, you're at the top. Like Severance Magazine, go there. They've got something for everybody. I send it to everybody that contacts me asking for resources or help or information. It's always on my on my list. I'm happy to hear that. As far as plans for 2022 with Severance Magazine, just keep on oh. keeping on. You don't have to have any. You don't have to have any plans. I, There's no pressure or I, expectations I would, for me. <laughs> I, just.
1: I would like to keep on more than I have. I have lately, unfortunately, not been able to put the time into it mm-hmm. that I would like. But I'm hoping that will change soon as I kind of clear away some other projects. Because as I said earlier, I, I started it without enough foresight into what the reality of creating a magazine was. So I really want to be able to put more time into it. I want to, I want to do a lot more articles. I've been, mm. I've been, there've been a lot of essays recently, but I want to do a lot more articles with, with more of the experts out there about the various emotional impacts and what we can do about them. So that's the only change It's just more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Okay, great. Making more connections um, and trying to introduce more people to Uh, And the the community is growing so fast that it becomes harder and harder to keep
0: up with books and the podcasts and the, you know, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. I do. I know very well. What you have is wonderful. So if it's, as long as it's there, you have such a strong foundation that the rest of it, if you build it, uh, we're all at the mercy of our own pace. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, as long as it's not going anywhere, I hope not. as long as it's not going anywhere, I support you. It's gonna, if you're going to take it down, I'll I'll have some well, things to the, say. but That gives me motivation to make sure it's going to be there. Thank you. Good. So if you haven't, if you're a listener, uh, learning about this for the first time, Severance Magazine, severancemag.com is the place to go. Um, it's just a lovely general store of the internet for us misattributed, uh, <laughs> mis-attributed p- p- parental experience people. Um <laughs> Yeah. So many things there and, and different it's, it's one, another thing that's great, like a magazine, uh, is it's not just a, it's, it's not a blog. Um, and it's not just Q and A's and it's not just essays. You've got a little bit of everything, um, and great resources links to, to things for spec- people's specific needs. Yeah. A lot of resources. Yeah. Really wonderful. So thank you. I, on behalf of the, of myself, but I, I don't want to, Like we just said, we don't want to speak for other people, but I want to say thank you. Um, Thank you for having it because nothing else has popped up. Thanks.
1: Well, I I can speak for other people and saying the same back to you because I have heard from other people um, how much what you're doing is helping. And also just enjoyable. Um, You
0: know, I hear it a lot.
1: So all that back to you.
0: (laughs) Thanks thanks. Well, it's all, it's all, I mean, it's, yeah, I guess it's a give and take about the community, right? Like I get so, so much fulfillment from the experience of meeting people and talking with people. Um, and so, so how lovely that they may be getting something from me, but if that keeps the cycle going, uh, we're, we're all better for it. Right. Yeah. And equally
1: lovely is the way that you approach this in a,
0: um, non-competitive
1: way i just i loved seeing you and lily um of MBE stories in case anybody doesn't recognize that the way you you did you know um that crossover Mm -hmm. crossover yeah you promote each other i just think it's great it's just i would love to see more and more of that in in the whole community yeah Um, i think a lot of people would say oh well there can only be one podcaster there's only Mm -hmm. room for one and you just you're both showing that there's lots of room and there's lots of stories and and you lift her up and she lifts you
0: up. And it's, it's terrific. Yeah. And we've become good friends, which is really cool. I'm not surprised. So, uh, you know, une- yeah, sort of an unexpected, um, uh, you know, I don't know, boon- nice thing about the, um, this experience, but she, she, uh, I actually texted with Lily today because I just got a complaint email. What? Um, that I am not more like Lily. <laughs> okay. Oh, <get out. laughs> yeah. And this what poor listener, you? this poor listener had just had the, the a wonderful time listening to Lily's podcast and then felt horrified by my approach. And that's fair. Everybody's different and has their own experience, but, um, they, she, this person, it sounds like we're in a very like raw and vulnerable place and felt comforted by, um, Lily's, uh, um, ritual the way that her podcast mm-hmm. is very sort of, um, predictable upon a, 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 sort of formula and, um, and she's so empathetic and, uh, they didn't, they're not ready for any, any sort of jokes or laughing or wow. so
1: maybe they will guess, be one day, but that just proves why there is room for so many. Um, I mean, I love what both of you do, but I think yeah. you're, so completely different, as this person pointed out. And I've I've said this so many times. My my grandfather had a saying. He used to say, you know, whatever. Whenever there's a dispute, he'd say, "That's why I invented chocolate vanilla." Um, <laughs> there are people who need the support, you know, aspect, and there are people who need a more lighthearted, um, entertaining conversation. You know, there's also like um, cut off Jeans, Talk about lighthearted. Mm-hmm. They, they do a lot of playful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Jackson. room for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like all the different groups. They're also different too. Like yeah, mine is mostly I use for information because I'm not a support groupy kind of person really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not my comfort zone to tell people support things. It's just, it's just sort of not mm-hmm. my nature. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty that are and plenty that do. And I just, I'm sorry you got that because that just seems really kind of off-base
0: oh well thank thank you for being sorry but i i i feel like i'm in a i'm in a good place to recognize that um i am not for everyone no one is for everyone and um you you know and also what i felt like with especially with lily is that um we're so different on purpose like if we were the same then we would both just be making the same podcast like that (laughs) so then you wouldn't need two podcasts you could just i don't know you know so (laughs) I thought uh, right. but, what but I but love it was about funny. It is that
1: you called her or you you immediately like, yeah. talked to Lily about it. That's that's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Um, so Lily. Kind of wonderful. Someone, <laughs> someone's complaining that why can't oh. I be more like Lily? <laughs> but you know, why can't we all be more like Lily? That's maybe really? maybe maybe that's a bumper sticker we should make or something. <laughs> be like Lily. <laughs> um it's yeah, and for anybody wondering who we're talking Who's about, Lily? please go over to NPE Stories the podcast to <laughs> listen to Lily Wood talk to people about their <laughs> stories. She's got a great format. Um well, this was so lovely, Kate. Thank you so much. Um was there anything that you wish I'd had asked you or you think I should have asked you before we go no, about Severance no, or your she, own story?
1: Not about either of those, but there's one thing I just would like to Actually, maybe it's something I should talk about off because off, it, it's sort of um, probably not very interesting for anybody else, but might be interesting to us. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. So, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK. No, I'll stop the recording and then you may, be, you may begin to tell me this very boring thing. Uh, cool. Well, thank you so much. If you haven't yet, please go find SeveranceMag.com. Uh, drink in all that information, all the voices, all of the resources available there. Thank you, Kate, editor and founder, for sharing yourself with me today um, and for funneling your skills and resources into helping others. So impressed. Kate's story is different not only because she started a magazine, uh, but because she comes from from a mystery mother, which is something we don't often hear about here. I don't know if anyone out there has read Mary Carr's memoir called The Liars Club It's an excellent book. Highly recommend it. Um, But there are some similar themes. And I'm just with Kate today and then also reading Mary Carr's book. And then in my own experience, I'm just struck by how surprised I am over and over again at my own realization that mothers are actually three-dimensional complicated people with inner lives and secrets of their own. I wonder if my own kids will have that realization about me one day or if like me, they will be reminded of it or need to be reminded of it again and again. Fingers crossed. I don't know which one I want more for them to know and see my secrets or think I'm perfect. I don't, mm, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, thanks so much for being with me for another week of Everything's Relative. Go do all the things I always ask you to do to show your support. Uh, if you have your own story to tell, any questions, corrections, or complaints, hit me up on the socials at Everything's Relative Podcast, or you can send me an email, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. One last time, I am Eve Sturgis. This is Everything's Relative Podcast, and I'll be back next week for another episode about DNA discoveries. I can't express my gratitude enough to all of you, so so I won't. I won't say thank you. Nope. Not again. I'm not going to say it. Goodbye. See ya. Eat your vegetables. Goodbye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaelin Egan and edited by Joy Rumor. Logo designed by Ivy McNally, and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions.